today. Um, it's so honor to be here today. You're welcome to the, um, to show to your every podcast. Anywhere you are around the world listening to this, you're welcome. Um, feel free to hit the like button, subscribe. I will be here with a lot of content, with a lot of interviews with amazing people. People that I see around me doing amazing things and I'm a fan of. I think we can all need, we all need inspiration in times like this. And I rather draw inspiration from, from people that I really you know, I, you know walk in the world, not just talking the talk. You know. So today I have a special guest. Um, it's crazy, but this is actually the first time we are meeting, having a conversation. We've been around each other for years. Yes. Um, yes. Let um, me let her introduce herself. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure and honor being on your podcast. My name is Osaswig Vinadia. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of TOS TV Network, the host of the Osaswig Show on the Weekend Show, the Executive Director of the Osaswig Show Foundation. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. And again, as Sharon said, uh, this is a podcast of people who are walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And I'm so excited to be sharing my experience with you. Um. While you're calling our jacket, I was just like blown away. <laughs> amazing, amazing because I don't know if, you know, I know ladies don't like to talk about your ages and stuff like that, but with all the accolades you just said, it would be amazing for people to find out like how old you are. It's simple Google search, 28. Unfortunately, when my strategic communications uh, director was setting up my Wikipedia page, yes. I was like, no, don't put my age there. And he was like, no, Wikipedia needs your age. So I actually had to give them my data page and my American driver's license. Excuse me. <clears throat> so my age is out there, 28 years old, August okay. 25th, 1992. Yeah. And um, so that's the reason I'm here talking to you today because I read your bio. Mm. I read a couple of inter interviews you've done. I did my research pretty much. And well done. To an extent, I kind of felt like I did have to because, like, I went to high school with you mm -hmm. and your sisters, and, you know, we're still friends to this day. Mm. And so I, I know you. So the people that are listening probably don't. So I've seen your journey mm -hmm. and I've been on the sidelines admiring your work, your work ethic especially. And I'm like, this is a, a young person I can draw inspiration from. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. And Thank you. Man, big up, man, big up. Thank you so me. much. <laughs> so I just have a few questions. Awesome. Um, I've, from these questions, feel free to just, you know, Ramble on, we have time. Okay. Hopefully you have, I have time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just give a brief history of how your career and how you started mm -hmm. in the industry that you are in today. I know you could read that off the Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. but you know what? 
I would listen to this again and I'll try and read your Wikipedia and if there's anything different, I I would know that I have something that no one that else no has. one else has. I was just <laughs> as soon as you asked that question, I was about to say, oh, oh my gosh, again. Um, and I think what I'm gonna do now, after I answer this question in your podcast, I'm going to take the except yes. and put it up on all my social media pages. Yes. So anytime I'm asked the question again, yes. I'm going to just play it because I've told the story a million times. So I'm always happy to share because I know it's an inspiration to those people who are listening and watching across the world who are trying to attain um, the little success that you know I've been able to attain so far. So I moved back to the country in 2014, Nigeria. In 2014, I had studied um, corporate and organizational communications for my master's degree at Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. I had done my undergrad in communication studies in Stonehill College in Eastern Massachusetts. And I had gone to film school for a short course at the New York Film Academy. Um, I had thought that I was going to come back to Nigeria to do advertising because I was like, oh, I was watching Mad Men at the time no. during my internship with uh, uh, Metro Golding Mize, MGM Studios in Beverly Hills, California. And um, I said, you know, what? I'm going to do um, advertising. Like, I think I'm going to make so much money because in Mad Men, they were, it was that lifestyle was like, oh, I'm going to make yeah. money living the life. You know, so I moved back to Nigeria 2014. What, what made you decide to move back? Because right I now, knew I had no choice. Africa mm. is my passion. Africa yeah. is my home. There's no place like home. For a black woman, I think the safest place for you to be in, um, and safe in terms of your sanity, safe in terms of your physical well-being, is Africa. You know, uh, black women across the world are undervalued, underrated. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to fulfill my p full potential um, in another continent, in another land, uh, besides Africa. So moving back home for me was a no-brainer. Um, there's no place like home. Uh, there never will be. And Africa's potential has to be harnessed by Africans, not our colonial masters, not our international development partners, uh, but we Africans. So this has always been um, an innate responsibility of mine. And I knew that I wouldn't leave that in the hands of anybody else. And uh, the famous saying goes, you are the change you want to see. So if you want to see Africa develop, if you want to see Africa's potentials being harnessed, no, that's not Buhari. <laughs> Definitely not Buhari. <laughs> we, we have to be able to put in the work. But um, yes, as I was saying, I moved back to the country in 2014, uh, started doing my advertising. And for my advertising, um, I was doing what I believe my purpose is, which is to give back to the less privileged, which is to help people that I need. I feel that that's why I've been created by God. So I was making enough money from advertising and I was giving back um, uh, a huge percentage to helping the less privileged, the internally displaced persons uh, living in my uh, community. And I said to myself, Osasu, you're helping these politicians get elected through creating adverts that propagates their manifestos. Why don't you realize that there's a lacuna in the development space? These people, they're 
are getting into power are the reasons why these internally displaced persons are here suffering and needing your handouts. So how do you bridge the gap? How do you bridge the development gap? And it was a light bulb moment for me because that became my priority. How do I take words directly from the mouth of everyday Nigerians to the ears of their leaders and vice versa? And that's how the Osasu show came about. Bridging the gap, bridging the communication gap, bridging the policy gap, where you're a lawmaker, not just sitting down in the National Assembly, making different laws that do not affect the common man. You know, So I feel the pulse of the masses and take their worries, their concerns to the ears of their leaders. And I also take information from their leaders to everyday Nigerians. So that's what the show is about. That's how I started. However, we've since metamorphosed into a television station, uh, an online network of, you know, Pan-Africanists who are looking to, um, you know, share their interest in African culture, African history, African politics and science, you know, that would, um, you know, propagate uh, you know, the whole essence of being African. So we've since grown from just a TV uh, show, excuse me, I have a bit of a cough, <coughs> from just a TV show into, thank you, into a network and a uh, television station. And by the grace of God, 10 years from now, even more. Mad, mad. So you spoke about how you used to work in advertising, working to help um, politicians get into power. And then you basically did a full 360. Mm. How was that like? What was that what, like? The people used to work for, how, how did they take that? Mm. So when I moved back in 2014, it was at the heat of the presidential campaigns and also the Google campaigns as well. So um, I was creating like TV jingles, uh, TV ads, radio jingles for them to, um, for their campaigns because they wanted to be elected at the time. So by the time I started my show, there was basically no need for those adverts anymore because the campaign had finished, you know. So um, till today, I believe that they have a certain level of respect for me because they know the conversations that you have on my platform are not just conversations to stroke your egos, but yeah. conversations that will relay the feelings of everyday Nigerians, you know, to you. So you understand that, look, this lady isn't just telling me what needs to be heard because she doesn't necessarily need anything from me. She's telling me what my people actually think of my performance. I was just speaking with somebody the other day and he was saying that, I don't know how true this is, but he was saying that Bacha's wife, um, she was complaining one time and said, look, when her husband died and she saw people jubilating, she was shocked because she had no idea people hated her husband because this is what happens in government. Once you assume the role of power, you are automatically surrounded by psychophants. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. People think that's actually a real thing. People out here, like, so far as you're feeding people, no one is going to have a problem with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone told me one time, don't tell a successful person no. Or don't tell a rich person no. I I don't know. I don't agree with that. That's, that's the... But that's that's the reason we are why we are why we are where we are today, you know. So people surrounded by governors, ministers, members of the House of Representatives, senators, presidents, they never tell them the truth. Yeah. So it takes individuals like myself who don't necessarily need anything from you. Not that we don't have anything to lose, because I've gotten yeah. threats <laughs> from government, yes. Uh, not that we don't have anything to lose, we have a lot to lose, but our collective interest as a people is more important than what I personally have to lose. 
you know so at the end of the day we need more people in a position of power like we the journalists we the gatekeepers of democracy to speak out irrespective of what we have to lose you know and everyday nigerians also need to assume this role assume this position because we have access to social media now where you know a random inkichi from abia state can have a million following and all she has to do is just to tweet out that look XYZ is going on in my state and I need this to be changed and it's so powerful, you know, so um, we all have a role to play and we need to keep doing that. We need to continue to speak truth to power in a non-partisan way. We need to be able to call out government officials to remind them that the employees of the people are not the employers. You know, their jobs are to serve us and not us to serve them. You know, so as long as they continue to be surrounded by psychophants, they will not be able to understand what we are going through as citizens and beneficiaries of the policies and the laws that they make that affects our day-to-day lives. So we must continue to speak out in a conscious way, in a non-partisan way, and in a way that is of the best interest of the larger population and not just the select few of us who are the elite in society. If you could go back in time um, to when you started like your career and your journey, what's one advice you would give yourself? Hmm, that's a very good question. I would say think bigger. So people look at my journey now and they're like, oh my gosh, you've done so well. Like it's been all good. Yeah, but I I could have started bigger in the sense that I'm not just focused on Nigeria, but I'm focused on the entire Africa. Because when I look at my journey today, building the network to what it is, a Pan-African network, I think, what if I just started off Pan-African instead of Nigeria? And I know you have to start somewhere, but at the same time, it's like the the work we've done in Kenya, the work we've done in Rwanda, the work we've done in um, Ghana, it's good, but we could have done more with the time that we've had, five and a half years, you know? So I would have started off bigger because the issues that we speak about in Nigeria are no different to the issues that they're speaking about in Ghana. Yeah, I lived in Ghana for five, six years, and... It's, it was the same, um, probably just a different dimension to it, but it was pretty much the same problem. Bad infrastructure, corrupt government. Yes. It's the same problem in America. Exactly everywhere. the same thing. Exactly the same thing. So now we now need to start having conversations about, okay, how do we prefer solutions to the issue Africa faces? Africa, we're stronger as a unit than we are as little silo countries that cannot stand next to these Western powers. So how does Africa solve Africa's issues? Because the issues Africa faces is not peculiar to Nigeria or Kenya or Ethiopia or this or that, but it's a collective issue. So how do we go about solving it? So I would have started off with a more Pan-African thought process than a Nigerian one. But, you know, that's not to say that I haven't enjoyed my journey so far. God has been so good. Um, Each and every step of the way has prepared me to where we are today. Um, You know, that's the best way to think about it because you should always, when you reflect and look back at like your journey, you should be like, maybe I could have done this better. So, to segue into the next question, what has been like the failure that st- st- stood out the most to you, and what did you do? What did you learn from it? <coughs> I love failure because a lot of people 
do not understand that failure is the key ingredient for success this is my third podcast by the way and i failed two times and just like what she said um i'm launching again and i'm thinking big this time that's why i'm here talking to you so like I can relate to what you're saying totally. Mm -hmm. And the failures I learned the first two times is actually what is here motivating me to want to go bigger Mm -hmm. and go harder. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I completely agree with you. Failure is so important. In fact, I love failing because it makes me so much stronger and so much better than I had ever imagined I could be. So I'm one person that I never take no for an answer. If I have a dream, I'm relentless about it. I will pursue it. I'm willing to outwork, outpace, outsacrifice anybody and outread anybody when it comes to the issues I'm passionate about. So in terms of what failure, um, I believe, has propelled me to the position I am in today, I would probably say, you know, my very first, you know, entrepreneurial journey. You know, I started a, a book company called IG Books. Um, when I just graduated from undergrad in my, uh, when I was pursuing my master's, I wanted to build an online community where people sell their used textbooks to each other because our universities would make us pay 200 and something dollars for a textbook that we could get from our peers for $50, you know, and I had so many used textbooks that I wasn't using, but I would see like my juniors would buy fresh textbooks from the bookstore for twice, thrice the amount I would have sold it to them. Inflation. Exactly. So I was going to sell it. So, but um, I had outsourced the uh, website development to some Indians and I had used all my savings to do it and it failed because I had no knowledge about, you know, creating a website. I had no knowledge about, you know, coming up with a program, uh, a product development uh, spell sheet. I had no idea what I was doing, basically. So that failure helped me understand the importance of preparation in everything that you do, the importance of research, the importance of um, studying the field that you want to go into and making sure that you fully understand the technicalities and the sacrifices that you have to make to make it a success. So it's not only um, important to be passionate, which is very important, but that's not the only thing that's important. You also have to be well-read and uh, well-researched in whatever field you want to go into in order for you to succeed. And to that, what do you think is your like the biggest resource you, you currently use in business? For example, I, someone once told me, learn Excel because everything you would do like in your professional life, it's gonna involve Excel. I was like, come on, like what do you mean? Excel mm-hmm. is it like the thing with the tables and all that? But like working in the oil and gas <coughs> industry for like nine, eight, eight, nine years, I could not get away from Excel. And now I'm like a Excel guru. It took some time, but like that's one resource I always advise people. Like people don't haven't tapped to the limit of using things like spreadsheets and all that so like you in your business what um, tool do you think it's research 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 google be able to use google i mean in 2015 when i started i was trying to hire people to do some uh, research for me and they didn't know how to 
all they knew how to do was to go on social media and post and you know do everything to gratify themselves but nothing for their careers yeah. so how do you tell me you have snapchat and facebook and instagram and twitter but you have no idea how to do a basic google search yeah. you know so everyone should be able to do a basic google people search people don't realize there's a skill to google search yes it's not just by typing xyz in the search but you actually have to be able to break it down deconstruct the information you get what's factual versus what's fictional exactly. you know and how do you verify most of the information that pop up wow that's uh, that's a note right now who doesn't if you don't know until in 2020 that like google is your friend then <laughs> sorry for you <laughs> so um my next question I kind of think I have an idea, and, you know, I know what this answer may be, but like, who are the three most influential people in your life? Oh, you have an idea. Tell me. <laughs> I should tell you? Yes. Okay. Um, definitely has to be Isama. Um, he's an inspiration to me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I remember as a kid, my older brothers went to the same high school as we did, and in 1994, I'll never forget. That was when my brother like, went to high school for the first time. And we, as a family, all traveled to, down to Benin. And that's the first, I think that's the first time I went on a plane, Okada Air. And then we landed, and then we went to, like, for the, the school I'm talking about is the Canadian Education Center in Benin, for those who don't know. Visit, register, send your children. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing, we went to the school. And I remember my dad telling me the story of how the person that owns the school we're going to is the one that owns the airline that we flew down here. And, that was, and then we were driving past, we drove past um, a TV station, and it's like, it's the same person that owns the TV station, it's the same person that owns it's the same person that owns that. And I'm like, this guy is this, even as a kid, I'm like, who is this man? There's a serial businessman that's willing to take <coughs> risks and willing to put himself out there. So I can see the similarities in you as well in all your business ventures. So that's the reason why I said I think ASMR has to be one of the three people. Mm-hmm. Who are the other two? I don't know. No. <laughs> that's well, I would, yeah, I, I would definitely say if you think of three inspirational beans or things that drive me and wake me up every single day first of all is god um i walk in the knowledge and in the understanding that i am here for a reason i have a purpose i have a divine destiny so that inspires me to get up every single day that inspires me to give my all that um gives me something to keep on chasing the fact that God has created me specifically, Osasume, for a purpose, for um, you know, a specific reason to achieve something on this earth. So that's an inspiration of mine. And um, obviously, he's the one that equips me with the strength, with the knowledge, with the capacity uh, to keep on going. The second person uh, or being that inspires me is my mother. Um, I am who I am, aside from God, but because of Eki Igbenadian. She has raised me with the morals, with the values, with the um, hard work in tendencies that I need to be who I am today. Um, anytime.
morals, with the values, with the um, hunger for hard work that I believe it has taken to be where I am today. In fact, anytime I think I have reached, you know, my final destination, she tells me, Osasu, there's still so much more to accomplish. Um, I remember I was on vacation just a few weeks ago and um, she said to me, and I told her I was planning my next vacation when I came back because I had just finished a huge project, the biggest symposium that I had done, our fourth edition. And um, she was saying to me, Osasu, at your age, 28, at your age, I had four properties. How many do you have now? Do you have one in Abuja? No? Okay, you need to get one in Abuja. You know, you're making enough money to be able to make this investment. So instead of going on another vacation in three months' time, you need to... So that challenged me to do even more, you know. I already have properties right now because I've, I've been in business for five and a half years. I invest most of my resources. To do. <laughs> uh, of course, it's the only sensible thing to do. But she said, no, you need to do even more. You need to invest even more. And I said, wow, this woman, she doesn't let me rest. People are hailing me that 28, I've accomplished this. But she's like, nah, it's nothing. You're not, you, you haven't even gotten started. So my mother is my rock. She's my inspiration. She means the whole world to me. And uh, she's definitely uh, 100%, you know, the reason I am where I am today because she never thinks that I've reached, you know, she never thinks I've done enough. She always thinks there's a lot more and she sees the full potential. And um, so aside God, my mother, I would say the third um, inspiration for me would be a combination of people. Okay. Asama, definitely. Uh -huh. My father, definitely. <laughs> Uh, my siblings, definitely, uh, my role models that I've never met before, but I see the work that they do. I see the sacrifices they've made in their personal lives. And I see the way they've been able to distinguish themselves. You have Christian Amanpour from CNN. You have Oprah Winfrey from own television. You have Tyler Perry. You have, um, phew, so many people that are doing phenomenal work. You have, uh, Patrick Lumumba. Uh, former Pan-Africanist, you have Arikana Chihumburikwao, you have Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, um, you have so many people that I have never met in person. Uh, well, some of them I've met, but you get the point. Like the people I'm not very close to, but I've watched them from a distance. I've heard their stories. I've, you know, studied their work and they're an inspiration for mine. So I would categorize all those people as number three, okay. you know, then obviously the close contacts with my granddad and my dad and the work that they've done, you know, and the share, you know, um, challenges that they've had to overcome to be who they are, you know, that's continues to be an inspiration to me. And, um, I'm so thankful that, these people have lived the lives that they've lived and, you know, um, continue to influence me and so many other people. That's, 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 that's amazing. Um, also to segue into something you said, because I'm just picking a few things from the conversation. Who you've, You said you've met a lot of people, like a lot of, um, let's say, prominent people, celebrities, all of that. Who is one person that you met that um, got you starstruck? This is really lame. This is really, really lame. And I can't believe I'm actually admitting to this. But when I was in LA, <coughs> interning for, uh, thank you, MGM, um, my friend and I went clubbing. My friend came to visit and went clubbing and I met Chris Brown. I was obsessed with Chris Brown at that point, but that has been my 
you, most you shouldn't ex- be ashamed. <laughs> that has um, been my most exciting. Fan oh, right? Oh, I used to have his poster at my bedroom wall in college, yeah, in high school. I, let me not even talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in, in my dreams, I'm different people sometimes. Mm-hmm. In one section of my dream, I'm Chris Brown. Oh my God. I'm just dancing through life. Uh-huh. You know? I love his energy. I used to be, I used to, I used to be so obsessed, but now my, my, um, musical obsession, Drake and Burner Boy, but I wouldn't freak out if I met them because it's like, ugh, okay. You know, but I love their music. I'll say, you know, don't, don't say never, you know. Meet I mean, even, even, <laughs> if, even if I meet them, like, it would be more like, oh, hey, nice yes, to meet yes, you. But, like, when I was younger, my obsession with Chris Brown, like, I literally freaked. I was like, this is amazing. So that has been my most starstruck moment. But now when I meet people that I look up to, it's more chill and calm because it's like, I love their work. I don't know them as a person. So I'm able to distinguish between my expectations of them. Because for those of us also who live in the public eye, we hate it yeah. when people expect us to be a certain way because we cannot meet your expectations. The, the, the figment of your imagination that you have created for who you think we are can never be who we really are. You know, because you don't know us personally. What's that pressure like? Because that's real. It's real. I was watching a documentary yesterday where Doc Rivers, a former coach of the Boston Celtics, said pressure is a privilege. That guy. I don't even want to talk about him. I love Doc. I, I love Doc. Um, did you see what he did with the Clippers this year? What did he do? They choked. Well, just give Doc some time. Remember when he just moved to the Celtics, everyone was like, fire Doc right now. But and Doc is always choking though. No, 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 no. I think it's also about the team. Yes, as it, yes, as yes, as a coach, you are in charge. But you're in charge of building that Ubuntu spirit and that you're team. In charge work. of the Clippers. He yeah, but then again, much. then again, give Doc time. Give Doc time and he'll deliver. Are he'll you big de- in, are you big into sports? I love bas. I loved basketball, but now after moving back, I haven't really had the time to like get into any sport. But I used to be obsessed with the Boston Celtics, especially when we had our big three: Garnett, yes. Pierce, Allen. Then Rondo joined. Yeah. Woo! I would rip anybody apart that wanted anything to do with any Rondo's other team. Rondo's balling right now for the um, for the Lakers. Yeah, oh, I haven't been following. They, been they following. made it to the playoff um, Western Conference Finals. Yes, be, after ten years. Yeah. They'll be playing on um, the heat. Oh my gosh. Um, How would LeBron feel about that? From being in the Miami Heat now to playing against Miami Heat. But then again, they move around so often that I feel like there's. I would draw inspiration from that. Like, yeah. I would want to beat someone like, like people I used to play with. Or yeah. Like, uh, organization I used to play for. Especially, you know, how mm. it is these days. Mm. It's always go- it's going to be a good story. Yeah. And uh, you can draw like energy from that story and, you know, go and whoop. I predict. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakers no sweep. Of course, mm-hmm. Lakers are gonna win, but like uh, five, five games. Really, yeah. I think he's gonna get to game five. Four one. You think so? Yeah. The Heat. I, I wasn't gonna say if you asked me like a few months ago, mm-hmm. but now Jimmy Butler, the Nigerian boy, Bam Adebayo, um, um, Drogic. A few, <coughs> a few of them. They are. So killing. if you had to predict game by game, game one would go to. Game one would go to. I'll give it the Heat game one. Game two? Of course. Is game one home court for Heat or? So they're playing the bubble. Oh, because of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. Uh, so see, they're playing in Disneyland in mm. Orlando. 
And so there's no home court advantage. Uh-huh. Nothing like that. What yeah. are fans? Of virtual fans. I beg. So this is just based on skills because if it was home court versus exactly. away, then if you had fans, then I would say, okay, let me predict. But this is just skills. Exactly. So that's, so why, you, that's why you say five that's by why game I say five. five games. Uh-huh. Okay. Five games, um, so the Lakers will take it. Oh, LeBron is a beast when it comes to these. P.S. I'm not a LeBron fan. Really? Why? I'm, I'm a, I, I, I don't like hype. I'm not a fan of people that people hype. Why is it just a hype? So I have a problem with people that say that. So people hate people that are liked. And I wonder why, like... It's the Nigerian thing. I don't know. I think it's a Nigerian thing. Oh, no. So I like being contrarian, first of all. If I can be honest with myself. Like this Big Brother thing that ended yesterday. I was just... Uh, what's all the rubbish? This, like, on this, that. I, I kind of felt like I don't really know why people are supporting him. Mm. But people... It's similar to politics, you know. When I see, like, everyday life, people think... People try to separate things, but I actually kind of don't. I kind of feel like the human life is pretty much like a stream. It flows. Mm. And it may flow into different... The way you are is pretty much the way you're going to be in a lot of things. Mm. So if you can be easily swayed for no reason to support a politician, and I ask you, so why are you... Do you know any of his policies? Do Mm. you know anything about him? But you'd be like... Um, that's what everyone, everyone around Nigerians have a thing where I don't get it. I, I I vote every time, and I go to the voting booth and I ask people why are you voting for this person, and they just just because I'm curious, and they say I don't want my vote to waste. People say that about Big Brother too, about so many times. I'm like I don't get your vote to waste. So people think if they vote for a person and the person doesn't win, it means they wasted their vote. So they would rather vote for the person that, that everyone is going to vote for just so they can. But back to LeBron. LeBron has established himself as a professional per excellence, as a man who has not only been defined or has put in the work and the sacrifices to be an excellent basketball player, but just a true representation of a solid black man. So my beef, a, my beef for LeBron is also very simple. Why? Because I'm just it? a sports fan. And as a sports fan, you, you are, they're always comparing. Of course, yes. So, so if thing. it's a sports thing, then that's okay. No, it's a sports okay, thing. I thought but you like, meant that you don't like him because oh, people like him. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So it's, it's kind of, it's a mix. So people, everyone's just like, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is this great. I'm like, he's not better than Kobe, though. But then people <laughs> still come and I know it is. That conversation, uh, I see. Okay, now I understand. Okay, it's a sports thing. That's fine. sports thing. That's know? fine, that's fine. So as I was saying, but Doc- Like I still mm-hmm. said, like I still swift that into. So I, I asked the question back. Mm. why do you like LeBron and people mm. don't really a lot of people not let me not say people a lot of people don't give me tangible answers just like what you did like mm. you said I know LeBron is great I know he's like one of the best ever to do it mm. and after I take my emotions out of it mm. I'll be like oh this guy is great like he, he's amazing but I'm just a sports fan and I feel like as a sports fan you kind of feel like you don't want to go against your word mm. hence you end up always having to being more contrarian than you actually should be. So that's just yeah. 
Cool, cool stuff. So, um, going back to Doc Rivers. Going back said. to Doc Rivers, yes. He said, pressure is a privilege. So, while I'm privileged to feel pressured to be, um, you know, this setting role model to those who look up to what we do, what I do, and, you know, what my team and I have been able to accomplish. It is very real, you know, um, a lot of people have expectations of you and very recently I've been posting most of my social life outside of work and I'm getting so many comments in my DM like, oh my God, I had no idea you were this fun. You know, I had no idea that you actually had this other side to you. And I'm like, yes, I do. I just don't choose to show it as often. But so many amazing things have been going on in my life and in the life of my family members. And I decided to share that other side with, you know, um, my fans and my friends and those people who don't necessarily get to connect with me on a personal level. So there is a lot of pressure that comes from being in the public eye, but um, it is a privilege because that means you're doing something, you're working towards something that has impact, yes. that is measurable, and that, you know, people look up to. So, yeah. So, just to you know, continue from what you just said, you said, because I'm just picking questions from you know, the power conversation. Mm -hmm. So, as being the daughter of a prominent politician, um, what is one big misconception that people would have about you? That, um, what's it called? That the reason, one of the reasons, because now people have been able to see that that's not the reason, because there are many people who come from successful families but cannot, you know, hold their own and are not being, are not successful. But um, I think one of the major misconceptions would have been that, you know, everything I have today is because I've had the, you know, name and the resources for my parents to do it. But every single penny that I have today, that's since I moved back to this country, I've worked for. I've not collected a dime from my parents since I moved back to Nigeria in 2014. And when people hear that, they're like, no, it can't be true. But it's like, I don't need you to believe whether or not it's true. But I'm walking in my truth and I'm able to establish all that I have today through sheer hard work, uh, through tenacity, through prayers, through obviously God's favor. And, um, you know, yeah, that's how I've been able to do it. Of course, the name uh, would open doors for you in some places, but in some other places, it'll shut the door directly in your face. I tell people that's what our parents do. That's what our parents do it for. That's why our parents worked as hard as they could so they could give us the best and they could help us through certain doors. So why, <coughs> why wouldn't, why should I feel bad? Most definitely. Um, never feel bad about your privilege, but always make sure that you are conscious of your privilege so you can use it to help other people that are not privileged. So for me, I think it's very important that the same privileges that um, I'm accorded due to my status in society, I need to ensure that the, you know, ordinary man on the street has those same privileges. That's why I work for equity, justice and fairness so that I know that if a random, again, I'll use an Nkichi from Abia State, <laughs> applies for a job at FIRS, and me, Osasu Igbenadion from Edo State, applies for a job at FIRS, and if Nkichi is more qualified, that she gets the job above me, instead of me, right? So that's the kind of society I want to see, where I can cut back on my privileges so an Nkichi who doesn't have a prominent last name can be accorded those rights because she has more competence. That's the society that I strive for. And that's that's the least you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. 
um, talking to you, I see that um, you're an upbeat person. You are, you know, you you are on your job. You know what you're about. But is there ever a time where you're not always this way? Where you're just where you feel down? Do do you feel that way sometimes? Of course, every human being has their up and down moments. And um, I tell people all the time, if you see me always smiling, it's because I've also had my moments where I had to cry, you know, in my in my room and say, God, how can this, how, to, how do we do this, you know? But again, my faith, as I tell people all the time, is what has led me to where I am. I cannot overemphasize the importance of faith. And I'm not talking religion. Mm. I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with God. Yes. Um, the knowledge that I am created for a purpose, even when I go through the most challenging times at work, I go through the most challenging times in my personal life, I know that I have a God that will never fail me. I know that I have a God that has created me for a purpose and my and my life cannot be cut short until I fulfill that purpose. So no matter how hard the going is, no matter how tough it gets out there, I know that I must keep going because I have a God that's behind me. So my faith, you know, always brings me through those depressing moments, those trials. In 2016, a year after we started the show, as I said, I was making a lot of money when I moved back. You know, we were broke because I had invested that money in, yeah, right you know, right into the business and also, you know, tangible assets because I told you, I have a mother that's like, you're working, you better be investing, you know? So I had made all that uh, investment and we had no cash, you know, cash is king also, you know, you need cash to keep on running your business. So we had no cash at the moment. <coughs> I believe we had about 15K in our bank accounts in 2016. So I said, God, you have asked me to start this show. You had put me in this position. So I need you to provide. I need you to make a way. And someone sat right there on that chair in my office and said to me, it's awesome. Your business doesn't make you money. Your brand does. Your business builds you a brand. And from that brand, you make money. That's when the light bulb went off. And that's how TOS Network came about. You know, so we started to create documentaries and different media um, packages through TOS Network. And that's how we've been able to sustain the business till date. So despite the challenges, even in my, that's one career challenge. In my personal life, I lost my little brother just last year yeah. in 2019. I knew him. It was a very, very fun, happy, <laughs> jovial person. He was an angel. He was an angel. Um, you know, so going through that, I thought my world was going to end. My entire family, we thought we were literally going to be living dead because that's our baby. That's the last born. That's everything. You know, someone who just has a good heart, his smile would light up the entire room. You know, he meant so well for everybody that came across him, you know. So with a person like that, you would think that's the least that can ever happen to him, you know. And because also, because of our faith in God, we never thought that could ever happen to us because we thought we were protected, we were shielded, we we're the apple of God's eye. So how can this happen, yes. you know? So after going through that, we thought it was over, but God brought us out of it. So whatever situation you're in, God can bring you out. That's why I don't joke with my faith at, faith at all. You know, that's number one. That's priority. That's everything to me. Take my faith and you take my life, you know. So, um, yeah. So despite the challenging moments that we go through personally and career wise, my faith is always what keeps me going. Amazing. And, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy that um, I like seeing people doing well. I like, and not just like in business, just more importantly, in their personal life, 
it's it's something that um I'm I feel like our personal life is a work in progress and we need to continue to like reinstate why we should keep like a balanced mental state so um I you know I can try inspiration. I'm not really a religious person, to be honest. Well, you said you're not religious, but, but let me try this God thing. You know, maybe it works. Know, it works. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. It works. Um, we're about to round up. My last question: Is there a question you wished I asked mm. that you would, you know, if you were in my shoes, you'd ask yourself? Well, based off of the, um, you know understanding of what your podcast is i think you hit the nail on the head i think you covered everything that your viewers would want to hear so i think you've done a fantastic job and um, well, thank you thank yeah. you yeah i i'm drawing inspiration from you you know like i said before we just started i said i been watching your journey on the sidelines for a while and i can draw inspiration from you from watching how you do what you do and the passion that i see you put into what you do and it's not just talk. So, and that's what this podcast is about. I want to have conversations with real people. Um, that's the biggest inspiration. A lot of people get stuck with trying to, you know, listen to the dangotes or the hotel dollars. You know, everyone on social media, oh, dangote, hotel dollar, this person, that person. But I feel I can, I draw more inspiration from the everyday person. So that's why I want whoever is listening to this to get on that. Yes, it's good to look at the big men out there, but also look at the man next to you who has a regular, maybe recharge card store. And he's, we need to also quantify what success is. Understanding that like being able to provide for yourself, provide for your family, help the people around you, help your community. That's what success is. Not you, your father buys your Ferrari and stuff like that. So, um, would you like to drop your social media so people can you know follow you or follow what you do and you know get more information about you yeah sure uh, but first of all before i say that i just want to thank you for taking out time to coming to speak oh, to me today definitely. and i want to um reassure you that the work that you're doing is meaningful it's thank impactful and um just keep going and as you've started that's the biggest step that you could ever take a lot of people have ideas that they ponder on for so many years but are so scared to start because of the fear of failure and what you have done now is to take that leap of faith you've leaped into the boundless which i think is the most important step anybody can thank take you, thank you and for those who are listening i encourage you to also take the step that sharon has taken by just starting whatever it is that is laid in your mind to start as long as you're sure that you can make impact in terms of the conversations being held or you know whatever business even if it's fashion you know you can do something differently you can make it better you can re-engineer the will you know just start it if you have the resources if you don't have the resources start at the capacity in which you are and also ensure you're always reading to develop yourself if you're a podcaster research about how you can be the best podcaster not only in Nigeria, but across the entire world. If you are, you know, a journalist, a budding journalist, research how you could be the best journalist across the world. Stop thinking nationally, start thinking globally. And, you know, as I say, have faith in God because 
He makes all the difference. Trust me. I'm not saying go to church every single day and give your pastor all your money. No, <laughs> I'm saying that form a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. There is nothing like it. It makes life so much easier. It balances your mental, your emotional, and your physical health. It just puts you in a place that you're untouchable spiritually and physically. And, you know, I encourage everybody to do that because it has worked for me and I believe it can work for you too. You can follow me on social media at Osasu Igbenadion. Follow all my businesses at TOS TV Network, um, The Osasu Show, Weekend Show NG, The Osasu Show Foundation, and basically google my name and you'll see all of them i think they're a little bit more <laughs> so thank you so much for listening and god bless you all thank you so much guys for listening like i said it really helps if you click the like button and subscribe to this channel we would be back with a lot more um insightful interviews and uh, fun interviews so um thank you thank you thank you uh, have a wonderful day and i hope this um, episode miss you uh, in your time of need.